from a Chinese <laughs> ro- overlord. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Chinese are overwrought. My favorite song. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. That's their national anthem? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's scary stuff, man. It's a crazy... Uh, it's no star-spangled uh, banner. I tell uh, you it what. Let's talk about how we need to take over and everybody needs to become our slaves. Nice. Arise, you who refuse to be slaves. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a good slavery, right? It's not the, it's not like the white American slavery. So pe- maybe people will embrace Chinese slavery. Yeah, it's a little different. It's it's actually pronounced slavery. Oh, slavery! <laughs> oh, hurrah! It's, a, it's like slavery with a little little. You know, you get a little orange chicken at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, delicious! Uh, I do. <laughs> Better watch myself for my overroads. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> all right, we'll oh, just coming for us first. We'll cut that in post. All right, all right, sounds good. All right, all right. When the first bombs hit Denver and uh, Chicago, <laughs> me and Frank are so so sorry. <laughs> Denver's supposed to be, I think, a safe zone. I, I I believe that's why you have the Denver Illuminati Airport. If you take away or take a look at the way it is uh, structured, it's quite literally in the shape of a swastika. Just kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, but you're gonna die. Yes, I will die. Yeah, they're I'm gonna lo- put people like a yes. hundred, you know, like All a the, mile underground in the mountains, and those people are gonna be fine. The elites yeah. will go live in their beautiful, fantastical New Age underground society below the Denver airport, and the rest of us will burn, I assume, or whatever uh, will fall upon us from the sky. Uh, you know, yeah. that'll be our demise. I, I will just go up to the highest mountain. I believe if I know my biblical lore and what have you, and doomsayer, uh, you know, kind of theories, right? The Nostradamus stuff out there. I think if you go to the highest parts up there in, like, Pike's Peak and what have you, you may survive, potentially. Eh, I don't even want to survive. No, who would? That's always Man. my thought. Wouldn't you just want to go out with the blaze of glory? Yeah, you know, I always think about it because, like, as much as I hate living with all these softy Democrats and everything, I mean, they're all dead, right? They're going to die. And then you're left in a world with just the far extreme, like, hillbilly, end of the world, you know, doomsday prepper, like, no, I don't want to live with them either. I think it's the opposite, actually. The scariest future we are staring down is a place where these weirdo freaks like Mark Zuckerberg are going to survive. And then we got to deal with these assholes on the other side, like ah, ruling over on us. Mars. <laughs> on Mars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching from a distance? Yeah, man. It'll be like that movie, Don't Look Up. They all land on their planet and get eaten by some weird Yeah, we could, we could only hope, honestly. Uh, only hope. Yeah, oh, they land, on the, they land on the new planet, and it turns out Mark Zuckerberg is that monster. Yes, and he just starts eating them alive. Did you see him at the congressional testimony? Dude, this guy. I told you he. They trotted out a new prototype of Mark Zuckerberg, the robot. They put on a new wig on this one to make him look a little more human and gave him like a slight tan. No, if you take all of his congressional testimonies over the last like ten, fifteen years, and just put pictures, it looks like the lab from Ex Machina, where you can see the evolution of the robot get more human. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is real. I believe he's been a robot or some sort of humanoid since day one. Uh, Facebook never really needed a real, you know, owner or whatever. Facebook was created by DARPA, and you just need to look it up. It, it, It was a Department of Defense creation, and it had everything to do with uh databasing the society. A, a, you know, the American yeah, I modern era. Say, I hate how we, like... Like, you could openly talk about how, like, TikTok is controlled by the CCP, right? Sure. And everybody, like, nobody's even really going to deny it or fight you on that, right? That's right. But then you're like, well, yeah, but I also think probably the CIA or at least one of the intelligence agencies have their hands inside the pockets of, like, you know, Facebook. It's like, whoa, no, man, no way. Like, why not? It's very easy to look up. Facebook was, before it was Facebook, 
I can't remember the exact name, but it was a DARPA project. And the day the project ended, the very next date, Facebook was actually created, the LLC. Wow. So who's Mark Zuckerberg? You know me, I love my theories on, you know, the Mandarin-style actors that our three-letter agencies put out there. Uh, Osama bin Laden, I don't think he's really the Osama bin Laden. I think they just did a great job of casting this character out there, this (laughs) boogeyman that we could all go after. The same could be said about these other more internalized actors, like, let's say, Zuckerberg or even Elon Musk. You know, do you think Elon Musk is out there uh, really creating and crafting everything behind the scenes for these companies, or is he just out there being the face? Right. I think he's out there being the face. The only so so here's my argument for Elon. And, and again, I'm not blinded. I, I'm not saying he's not, but I've never heard a story of like Mark Zuckerberg moved a cot into this office at Facebook and now he's sleeping there every day to make sure the production goes well. You know what I mean? But well, you do hear how, about Elon doing that with like Tesla. Like, right, but maybe like how, how much lore of Elon do we know is not just skillfully crafted and then put out into the public lore in order to, you know, make people believe Elon is the genius behind everything. SpaceX, Tesla, Twitter, now X. You know what I'm saying? Like, is he really making the key decisions and being the revolutionary thinker behind everything and every innovation in all of these areas? Or is he just a skillful craftsman in as far as being a good actor? Yeah, I I just think he's different, and that's why they go after him so much. Like, I would totally believe you. If it wasn't for the fact that they go after him. So like, I would totally believe you if our media was treating him like the Tony Stark of our time. Well, but the media maybe is doing a clever job or maybe this is part of the aura of Elon, right? Like if, if the media were to adore him, then those on the fringe would be against Elon. So no, we we need to be against him, right? We're not smart enough to play regular chess. And all of these moves people are talking about is like 4D chess. You know what I mean? Like we Good can't call. even. We're checkers we're, people. We're checker people. Smoking psycho, dude. We play checkers. <laughs> like we play checkers, and we still so we still I... don't quite grasp King Me yet. We're not not totally full on that concept. King Me. But... Wait till they hear about the double jump. Holy <laughs> Jesus! Mind blown. Lose their minds. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but that's like, that's like some 4D chess, and I just don't think we're, you know, like Zuckerberg, come on, dude, tell me, tell me you're not CIA or some kind of agency. Well, I, again, I I go back to this, the DARPA had the, before it was called Facebook, it was a program that they were beta testing, and it was based on archiving and databasing the identities of all people in America. And then it went and then the program ended and the very next day was the beginning of Facebook. And it just seems a little coincidental. It was called LifeLog. LifeLog, thank you. designed yes. together. God, you're always right. And it, <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking asshole. You know what I'm saying? You really are. Uh, LifeLog. LifeLog. And it, <laughs> and it was designed together in a single place, just about everything an individual says, Caesar does. The, and, the phone and calls made, the TV shows watched, your picture, the magazines read, video of you, bought, your children. And received. Yes, sir. Same. So, uh... Now, take a look at what X wants to be. So Elon wants wow, X. Wow, it debuted in 2003, and then they shut it down in February of 2004. And when did and Facebook f- start? <laughs> Facebook was bored. Okay, they shut down the DARPA project in February of 2004. That's right. Facebook was born February 2004. Oh! <laughs> God, you're always uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then now take a look at who is Mark Zuckerberg, right? Is Mark Zuckerberg really the the quirky, neurotic fellow that Jesse Eisenberg played in Social Network? No, no, Dude, he's this is, not. This is so scary. So DARPA never disclosed whether the project was completed or not. It never disclosed whether it worked or not. 
and never provided an explanation for LifeLog's quiet cancellation. It cited a change in pr- priorities. That's right. And then Facebook was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so Facebook and all other... If you, <laughs> all social media is designed and propped up and financed by the three-letter agencies, NSA, CIA, FBI. CCP. Everyone, yes. Whatever John Cena pays homage to and, and, and salutes, <laughs> they're all involved. <laughs> Dude, this is insane. Tell me it's not a government project. So apparently Mark Zuckerberg starts it February 2004 right after they close it from DARPA. Allegedly, yeah. Just, yeah, I don't yeah, know where then, I don't know where this nerd from Harvard's like, "Oh, I'm going to create a social <laughs> network," right? And then Get out uh, of here. almost 2 years later, by December 2005, it had 6 million users. Yeah, man. 6 million? That's right. It's taken the Dune Man 3 years to get 7. Ooh. Not million, just no, 7. seven. <laughs> We got seven listeners, and we love you all. Thank you, thank you oh, for you're listening. You're my favorite people in the world. You love us more than our family. I'll take seven fans over <laughs> Z- whatever Zuckerberg has. Um, so, yeah, dude, the Facebook creation. When you really look into it, and when you look into the DARPA LifeLog uh, concept, the beta test, you know the databasing of everything about you not not just what you search, but like your likeness. Your image, your voice, everything, everything yes, about everything. you, like the most intimate things about your character, right? We're now going to have a complete lifelong database about you. That is a little eerie. It's and literally called life log. Life. And we're going to log, log everything yeah. about your life. But that's what Facebook is. That's what Instagram is. That's what all these social media apps, even Snapchat, which used to claim, right? What was the whole sell on Snapchat? Oh, we we disappear everything you put oh, on here. Right. Oh, yeah. Great. Nice bullshit. Oh, uh, my God, dude. This is literally, this is the MO of our government. They created this program where they were just going to collect all your information. And then they realized they never could legally. So what did they do? They just started these organizations, these these companies. Companies. They get they get people like Taylor Swift to advertise them, and everybody just started giving their information willingly. No, but Facebook, and we were around for its inception, and when it hit the scene, we were literally, you and I were fortunate enough to grow up in simpler times where the internet was just kind of hitting the scene, and it wasn't really a necessity for social for social living, and right. uh. When Facebook came on, it was this new thing that people in college were logging into, and then eventually other people could get their email into it. And the, you know, Facebook, you could almost equate it to the mRNA vaccine program. People lined up willingly and submitted their information and then willingly gave their whole lives into the system. Wow. All those people are vaccinated, guaranteed. Wow, you're right. It was the it was the Great mRNA connection. it was the mRNA vaccine of the early 2000s, man. It's crazy. You know, and people lined up for it willingly. And you know what's creepy too is uh right before Facebook was available to the public and and was mainstream, uh we passed a little ditty out there through our congressional uh, you know, members that you know, it was after 9/11, they thought, "You know what? We need to do that thing uh Patriot Act, where we just invade your privacy and collect all your data, and you can't do anything about it. We're just just going to spy on everything you do, dude. And then Uh, once we pass it and make it legal to spy on everything you do, we're going to create Facebook. Give us all your data willingly. Line up, people. Come on, sheep. (laughs) Dude, did you hear about the Pentagon files? Lay it on me. I'm pretty sure I recall it, but I'm interested for, for a deep dive here. They're saying the Pentagon Files is the biggest leak since the uh, Julian Assange yes, or th- the uh, Snowden. And this includes the one that had the um, falsified death count in Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes. yeah. But like the more that's coming out about it and the more people are digging into it. Uh, it's, w- <laughs> dude, it's allegedly wait. one of the most censored news stories out there, and there's some really damning information in these files, and I, I have not seen a lot enough of it, to be honest. I'm, I actually am 
a bit embarrassed because I pride myself you can't in my, find my deep it's dives. It's like literally even the leaks are slowly leaking. So, so uh, I, I'm proud of you, sir. You have an edge on me when it comes to this Ooh. conspiracy theory. So uh, carry on. Well, one of the reasons the person who leaked them leaked them is because he was very scared that they... <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because of the Putin interview. Putin literally says, you guys pushed me to invade Ukraine. He he verified the fact that Boris Johnson was the one who went there, essentially, and stopped uh, Zelensky from agreeing to the peace agreement before the so war any even peace started. Agreements, yeah. th- 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 they f- we forced him into it. That's right. And, like, you know how, like, he goes out there and he says, well, you guys keep moving the NATO lines. And we're like, what? what? We're, we're clutching our pearls. No, no. <laughs> what do you mean? And then you find out that, oh, my God, these papers got leaked from the Pentagon. Yeah. That this has been their plan all along. They, That's right. They literally were planning on pushing Putin into invading Ukraine. No, uh, and, and then he You need did. to give a little yearly uh, context. You're talking they were planning this back in, like, 2007 or 2014. Oh, like it, it decades. Goes, it, it goes back. No, no, we're talking— yes. Uh, the seeds were planted back, like, during Crimea in- invasion. Like, 14, and, like, 2014. Yeah, so it's uh, like a decade. Back, actually, when we caused a coup d'etat there, destabilized Ukraine, and implanted Zelensky as the puppet president. Yes. So we're, we're going back over a decade. It was, it's really crazy. It all goes to, like, the Don... And, like, when you start talking about the Donbass region... I mean, we shouldn't even know what the fuck that is. Don't boss. What about the ghost of Kiev? <laughs> <laughs> but we like we literally we we talked about it years ago. How like the Donbass region would be where we just that's the endless war. We knew it would be, and it's one of the reasons Putin, when he took over Crimea, he didn't take over the Donbass region because he figured he even said it in the interview. He figured the people that want to be Russian in that area, they could then take over the politics of yeah. Ukraine. We joked a lot about it, and then we dabbled into the seriousness of it uh, in as far as the interview with Tucker. But one thing that Putin stresses throughout the interview, which is something you and I have been stressing this whole time over the last two years of this invasion, is Putin's going in to grab what he thinks is rightfully Russia's, and that's it. There's nothing Frank, more complicated to this. Remember the buildup for the war? What did I say? What the fuck did I say? He was going to go in. It was going to take about three weeks. He was going to take what he wanted, and then that was it. It was over. And, and what happened? He went in. He took what he wanted. Three weeks later, he wanted to make a peace deal, and we forced it to extend. And it was the it was that's what the Pentagon papers revealed. Yes, we knew he would go in to try to take back his land historically because, because <laughs> we forced his hand by cutting off water supply. Yes. We forced him into this war so that we could then keep this war. And then we forced Zelensky to keep this war going on. But I, it, dude, it's his history. The, the, if you if you listen to his historical throwdown on the Korea, he essentially describes the creation of the Ukrainian state. We laughed heartily over the fact that uh the Colorado Rockies are older than the Ukrainian state. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have no claim to nothing. <laughs> and the re- the reality of Ukraine is it has been a disputed territory for centuries. Centuries. Yes. And th- just like you and I, Mike, have n- totally no valid say on whatever the hell's going on between Hamas and Israel over the disputed territory there, we equally have no valid say on what the hell is going on in Ukraine. It's so complex. The history of that land specifically, man, that has been a region of battle between uh, these uh, varying conquering forces for thousands of years, man. I mean, we're, we're, we're going back centuries upon centuries. It's This is stuff that is so far... Uh, more complex than we could ever imagine. But what's crazy is that we as a country, United States, kind of set down our line there over the last three years after we took over from Trump's presidency, and we made sure to start a war there. 
come hell or high war, yeah, we water, it. we were going yes. to have a war in Ukraine right now. It was going to happen. And it's just really bizarre. And then you hear Putin talk about it and, you know, you're, you're starting to see the reality of what Ukraine is, which is it's been this puppet state for as long as we've had our puppeteers in power here in the United States. Did you see that clip I sent you from RFK? So he pretty much breaks it down how we're giving so we're giving all of this money to Ukraine as a loan and these loans have conditions and one of the conditions is our companies are going to one rebuild Ukraine after the war which is i mean that's dude that's money on top of money we paid for the bombs that blew you up and we're going to get the contracts to rebuild that's fantastic oh, yeah. but not only that it is the breadbasket of Europe yes they t- you know, he talks about how for thousands of years people have fought over the fertile land of Ukraine. And what happened after this war? Because of, the, because of like the interest, because of what they owe us on loan, they now have to sell their land to American companies. It's, uh, it, what do you- dude, it's not even that. Like, he talks about Poland and Germany battling for like a thousand years over this one riverbank, man. Yeah. No, and, like, and, and now so who crazy. owns the land there? It's so crazy. Monsanto. I know. That's, like, what? It's so, it's so nuts. What? Like, 500, apparently 500,000 Ukrainian men have died in this war. And who owns the land now? Monsanto. That's all you need to how, know. That's it. <laughs> how does that happen? Excuse me? Excuse me? Yes! <laughs> uh, that's, but it, you're so right in the money. I was... He he talked about how during the course of multiple world wars, how Poland and Germany, like like hundreds of thousands of people died over this like river territory, man. Yes. You know, and, and now Monsanto owns I'm not just Monsanto, but there's three companies all owned by BlackRock. <laughs> yes. BlackRock now owns Ukraine. For I those know. that don't know. It's yes, you're right on the money. It's so crazy what has been going on. This is just like with Iraq. We were talking about yes. it not too long ago where it's just a field day for these contractors, man. It, there's, they, oh, it's, a, it's, dude, it's a no-limit budget to blow the yes. place up, and then after yeah. you blow it up, it's no-bid contracts to all these companies that get to come rebuild this place. And, In the meantime, the Ukrainians are poor and dying, and Monsanto owns the farm. How does that fucking happen? Wait till they start contracting the Gaza Strip, man. Have you seen the rubbleization of this place? It there uh, is have you, have you seen the plans for the new Disney? It's gonna be a great theme park, friend. Disney Gaza. I already got my tickets. <laughs> the Disney Strip. The Gaza Kingdom. <laughs> oh man, it's fucking crazy what's going on out there. Uh I uh, all right, so um, on top of all of this, uh, especially with the... <laughs> it's insane. That is... In- the war in Ukraine is insane. It's insane. Well, and we're going to forget about it really quickly, right? No, like, but he even, dude, he even talks about in that clip how they, they're just doing it in front of our face. Yes. They're not yeah. even hiding it, and they know we're just going to forget about it. The news is going to lie to the people. You know what I mean? <laughs> people like our mom is going to get red in the face yelling at me that nobody has the right to invade another country. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I get that you feel a certain way, that your heart is in it, but <laughs> take a step back. Look at the fucking big picture here, people. There's a lot. Ukraine is one of the, if not the, most corrupt country in, in the world. And the only reason it's considered that is. It's because it's where all the laundering on a huge level goes on. <laughs> and this is just a, you know, the Sam Bakeman free debacle with the bogus cryptocurrency. It was f- literally funneling money and laundering it through Ukraine into the DNC. Into the DNC. But dude, let me ask you this, right? Like our parents, all they talk about is like, especially our mom from Poland. 
when the Nazis took over our country. Nobody has the right to invade another country, right? <laughs> That's yeah, right. but all you keep talking about is Putin invaded Ukraine. Yet Putin walked away with this small little section that arguably is Russia. In the meantime, BlackRock now owns Ukraine. So yeah. who invaded Ukraine? It kind of sounds like America invaded Ukraine and took over. Corporate interests, and it's all, you know, what is America? It's a corporate company with a huge military. Yeah, our companies took over. We took over Ukraine. We invaded Ukraine. Which is, not, the, not the Russians. Which is why it's funny to me that we have all these retarded protests going on still in America. Mike, I got a quick one for you. I thought you would enjoy this, and I, I, I'm wondering if it hit a little too close to home. This is for you. Protests against the war are continuing throughout the U.S. Here in New York, at Dora least 100 Jewish-American activists and their allies... That's right, yeah. No, no Amy. Were arrested. She must have gotten COVID, is what I can assume. <laughs> well, I can only assume because she's a Democrat. She <laughs> still gets COVID. They blockaded a road on President Biden's motorcade route as he attended fundraisers. In Chicago, 33 people were arrested as they blocked entrances to the Woodward manufacturing plant, which makes military equipment that has been used by Israel in Palestine. In California, Code Pink and other activists blocked an entrance to the Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield. It's our responsibility when our government is so horrendously breaking international laws to step up and say no. Not in our name, not with our tax dollars. No weapons to Israel. Code Pink activists who were arrested during a previous action at the Travis base will be arraigned later this month. All right. Do you remember Code Pink from the Iraq War? No. That's where no. it started. Code Pink. I, and I'm not mistaken. I think it was this lady, her son died. It was like a freak accident or he shouldn't have died. It was something something along those lines. And that's what started Code Pink because... He died in the war? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he died. I, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even Friendly Fire. Uh, but I believe Code Pink was started to like stop the the illegal war in Iraq because we we all remember, you know, 9-11 happened... We went after the Taliban in Afghanistan, but then all of a sudden we did this weird pivot to get the yellow cake uranium there in Iraq. And also, of course, you know, Hillary Clinton had to get her time portal through the dimension uh, through the Stargate <laughs> owned by Gilgamesh. Uh, so we invaded Iraq. And I'm pretty sure Code Pink was an so answer. Good. To, to the invasion of Iraq, how it was illegal and we should have done, and a lot of soldiers died died needlessly uh, for our invasion there. Hmm. I could be wrong, but I thought that's where Code Pink came from. I don't know. I'm trying to look at them up here, but they're, they're yeah, it was a mom, a specific mom. I remember it was she was the face of the Code Pink. And is it a redhead? It was a mom. Maybe I don't know. I got, I got a couple co-founders here. All right, the original. The original founder, but either way, I found it interesting that Code Pink now is uh, here. Um, if I'm not mistaken, are they supporting Hamas? They don't know what they're supporting. Well, so here's what got me was I thought yeah. Code Pink was a result of our soldiers needlessly dying at the hands of IEDs, improvised explosive devices, and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, right, the, the terrorist organizations before Hamas, what led to these guys like Hamas, right? So, you know, Code Pink, I thought, was to bring home the, the soldiers dying at the hands of terrorists, but now Code Pink is out there stopping traffic to stop us from fighting <laughs> Hamas? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, we've lost our minds. We've literally lost our minds as a country. You, we are, don't know who our are friends these, are in the world. Are these women supporting those that were killing their sons? That's what's like blowing my mind. We've gone completely backwards here. No, that's the thing is they don't know who they're supporting. It's weird. You know, October 7th. You could think what you want about it, right? Like, it, it could have been this moment where the government allowed it to happen, kind of like 9-11 or 
uh, Pearl Harbor because we want to go to war or whatever, or it could have just been this freak thing that occurred and we were caught with our britches down. Either way, uh, the atrocities occurred. You can't deny the the acts that occurred, right? The murderings and everything else. Um, you know, how do you support that group? That's just so mind-blowing to me. You know, like, you're, you're supposed to pick a side ultimately in this I general fight. I guess they are fight. on the same side because they originated because they opposed our invasion of Iraq. So they're just kind of against any Western world going after the Arabs for some reason. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so they're just anti-war. So you're right. The woman who started it did not, but a lot of the people who were in it originally uh, were were people who had, were parents who had lost kids in Iraq. That's what I thought. Yeah, I remember very specifically it was Iraq based, and but I think the the one lady she wasn't a founder, but you're thinking of that guy's mom, the one who was the. Uh, he played for the Cardinals, the football player. Ah, yes. Um, and then Tucker or something like he that. He was a ranger that got killed by friendly fire. Friendly fire. Dude, I, I know that's like another conspiracy theory. Dude, war is fucking crazy. They, they were just talking about uh, the, Ira- uh, the uh, Israelis. They had a, like a bunch of people die from friendly fire. You don't know who's shooting. Well, so I don't think people understand, actually, because for most people, their concept of war is whatever they experience on Call of Duty or anything they've seen with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. So, you know, from a true perspective, though, like, I imagine it's pure chaos. You're spinning 360s and 360 degrees, and there could be bullets coming at you at any point. It's not even like that. It's like you got to imagine just, I don't know. It's hard for people who are like don't live in big cities. But, like, I mean, imagine Chicago, dude. Like, we bring in the National Guard to defend Chicago. We bring in the Army to defend Chicago. It's There's so many roads and rivers and everything going in and out, right? Like, it's not unheard of for just, like, a you walk past the enemy line without even knowing you walked past the enemy line, right? Yes. And then before. And then now, without even knowing, you're surrounded. Right? You're not you in a, a battle of laser tag where all of a sudden you're on the side with all the red stripes, and you're from the side with the green stripes. You're like, oh, no, I'm in enemy territory. You're trying to recharge your gun, yeah. but it's not working. You're on the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. And I just imagine it's, again, pure chaos it's in pure every chaos. direction. Yeah. And you probably have no idea which side your side is on, and you're just in pure survival mode and also warlike scenario you're in killer mode man you're gonna shoot anything that's in front of you probably it's kill or be killed yes and you're, you don't have time to second guess or think you're shoot somebody shoots at you you're shooting at them you don't realize you're on the same side but i'm a tinfoil yeah. hat guy so i definitely think tillman who is who we're talking about yeah, is tillman. the guy who was yeah. killed uh purposely uh to to <laughs> keep us going <laughs> <laughs> I can't even roll with that one. It's so absurd. No, I definitely think it was accidental. And that's also, too, when you think of um, shock and awe, and when we went into Iraq the second time because W had to appease daddy and complete the uh, chaos, you know, it was rushed, man. I mean, we we were kind of caught off guard. We thought we had a little hubris going on. We believed our technology would triumph or trump dude, dude my everything. my basic training was only eight weeks i don't yeah, think people really, like yeah that's something i don't really ever talk about but i joined in 2007 during the troop surge they lessened at that time they had already lessened basic training from 12 to 10 and then during the troop surge they lowered it from 10 to 8 they called it uh fast tracking they were just fast tracking soldiers in you know what i mean and yeah i, and I always tell people absolutely. like when I, the only reason I got in, when I got in, I needed three fucking waivers to get in. I needed that, like, because of my criminal record, because of my knee, or two because of my criminal record. <laughs> we were desperate, man. We were at war. Right. And now they've lowered the standards so bad. I don't know if you saw that. Or did you play that report? Did we talk about it? Throw it down. Take, they're now taking people that don't even have college or uh, high school diplomas. Are you retarded? Are you missing a knee or and or uh, another limb? Too fat. 
Oh yeah, or too fat. It's time to be all that you can you be. be. <laughs> it's terrible when you lower the standards, man. That's when you end up with more mistakes. Just like the police force. You know, you lowered the standards, lowered the standards, and then you wonder why the cops suck. I don't know. I think maybe, sure, standards are low. Bring them in. Get them into shape. Um, I don't know. We, we're, we're at a desperate time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we should just force everybody. To the, well, we need to, make the, we need to put the army back to the traditional army of what it used to be and then put everybody in the army to become men and women. Interesting to put our minds back into the time of post-9-11... We had just done the Afghan invasion, and then did, we're rocking into Iraq. Did you hear about the physical Iraq. fitness test? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I have not, actually. For the military? I'm very like, interested. When, when I was in, I had to do two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and then run two miles, right? Oh, yeah. You had to do so many push-ups, you had to do so many sit-ups, and then you had to run so fast. That's what you had to do to pass. They changed it because it was, like, disproportionately, like, not affecting women, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So now it's this like ridiculous thing for like, it's for all sexes and ages and everything. And and what do you think happened? Young men are just acing it. They're fat. <laughs> they're they're oh, fat yeah. out of shape right. and they're acing the test. Good for them. Nice. It's fucking ridiculous. They're finally Sorry. succeeding. We're opening up the lanes for Aaliyah Thomas. All right. Well, no, but now even <laughs> women could pass it. So it's nothing for a man. You know, you'll never make a fucking strength test like equal for men and women. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's now because we're soft and we're comfortable. Times will get hard and then we'll have to harden up. And I, I just think that's how it is. And honestly, you know, economically speaking, times are tough. The uh, whole learn how to code and what have you isn't really working out for many people. I think we're going to see a boom in people needing to join the military and getting get into the services and help themselves get a leg up on society by also contributing. And that may produce, in the long run, better people, you know, better civilians. I, I'm just, uh, you know, maybe the reason people are so shitty in America culturally right now is there's a lack of respect, there's a lack of dignity, there's, a you know... Uh, things people should feel shame for, people are proud of, right? We're we're like in, we're in a bizarro world, so maybe what we need is times to get tough and people to toughen up as a result. And so I I think economic hardship is going to push people into that direction. Uh, you know, <laughs> World War Three, sure. What did I say a few episodes back? You know, now more than ever we should do World War Three. This is our only chance. Because the further we go down the line, the softer we get. So this is it. This is the hardest we are as a people. Bring it on, baby. Like, I'm not 40 yet. I could still do a fight. I got a little fight in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got the last of the Gen X and the Gen whatever, you know, to fight a little bit. You know, uh, I'll never forget I had a conversation with Uncle Frank a long time ago. And uh, it was a lot, maybe four or five years ago. I forgot what we were talking about. I forgot what was going on there, but we were talking about like if there was a war or if like America got invaded, like and a red was, dawn or something. China just starts dropping the troops on us. Yeah, and he was talking about you know he's a veteran, uh, served during Vietnam, didn't go to Vietnam, but served during he was drafted. He and, uh, uh, he fought boredom in Hawaii, if we recall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah. but man, he sells it short, dude. Anybody who served served. That wasn't fun. Absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> Being in the army in that time, just that how was about brutal. how about the experience? The the you know we're all about the feelings these days. How about the emotion of getting drafted by drafted. the military and then going through that process? Man, just that in itself, leaving it all behind and and, and just not knowing what the future has in stow for you. Uh, you put your and you weren't even really an American. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, an you immigrant. Here You're literally Italy. an immigrant. You're like, I'm gonna go die for this country. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Just bring the draft back. We, that's that's what you, we need to. We need more people like that, man. My God. Oh, I'm fired up. I know. I know. But I'll never, I'll never forget him. I mean, he's like, I think he's like 70 now. He's like 72 or something. But uh, he was saying how, you know, if if it were invaded, he would just he would he'd strap up one last time. 
you got nothing to lose at that age. Yes. You know? Yes. And I just thought about it. I was like, yeah, that's something that never, never leaves you. You know, so you're saying you're under 40. You got one last fight, man. A real fighter has got one last fight till the end. Till the end. Know? Well, I actually think the older you get, the more you have that last fight in you because you have less. You've lived it. You've lived the life, and you're willing yeah. to give it up for those and younger. You know, this than you. might be it. Yes. This might be your last one. You oh, know? Well, I'll I'll give the li- I'll give my life so those below me will will have a chance to to live to live the dream. I had another guy who was telling me about he, he was thinking about joining the military and I gotta tell you people who are thinking about joining the military, look around look around when I joined I truly believed even if I had to sacrifice my life it would be worth it for the freedom of the people around me every single person around me that I thought was worth dying for their freedom, every single one of them gave up that freedom for COVID Every single one of them just threw it away like it was nothing. Because none of them have ever sacrificed a day, an hour, a minute of their life for that freedom. So for them, just the false sense of security that this fake vaccine will make, that for them, they'll throw away freedom. You know? So you're thinking about sacrificing your life for American freedom? I would think twice. I disagree. You might be the only person around that actually values it that much. No, we need those. Just like David Goggins said, not everyone can be out there and be the maniac running in the heat. We need the maniacs in our society to fight for those softies out there who don't even stand a chance. But if you join the military, you're not fighting for that. You join the military, they're going to use you like a pawn. They're going to send you to a place that doesn't even matter. Yes, you are a pawn. Absolutely. You're going to go to Jordan. (laughs) You're not fighting for your freedom. You're dying so that rich people could get richer. You know, and then the people you thought you were fighting for, they're throwing away their freedom like it was nothing. Because, like I said, they don't care. Well, that's so why there's, there's, I've there's been. There's no point, you, you know. I've been preaching. We need the draft. We need to uh, get people, you know. When you got no skin in the game, what's it to you, right? So let's get your skin in the game, folks, all right? Maybe then you'll care a little bit more about who you're voting for or what kind of decisions we're making or where we're going as a society. Maybe then That's true. you'll be a little bit more invested, right? Uh, I've, I've been yeah, all about that. if you sacrificed that. years of your life for the freedom of this country and then 10 years later everybody's talking about vaccine mandates, you might feel a certain way. Well, we've gone down a wacky and weird road culturally, and I think it's about time we get a little pendulum swing going on. Mike, did you happen to tune into a little real time with the Bill Maher on Friday? Dude, for a guy who last year claimed he was a centrist. Mike, he's, he's he's a man in the middle, all right? I understand you're a centrist who hasn't voted for a Republican in 30 years, but uh, you're kind of leaning one side here, Bill. I don't know. Call me crazy. Did you at all catch his opening interview? I forgot who that was. It was that black dude about like slavery and shit. Absolutely. His name is Coleman Hughes. Uh, I found that to be absolutely fascinating. And the gentleman uh, laid out an incredible argument and something that I found to be refreshing and I thought it was shocking to the crowd there and Bill Maher sounded like a total boob when he was trying to interject like, oh, well, it was a good thing that we had riots in 2020 in the summer of love to protest George Floyd and the, this black dude, uh, educated, who wrote a, a, a allegedly this very fascinating book about basically counter arguing CRT critical race theory and this the black modern... man who can read and write a book who we have built no statues to <laughs> has to hear about George Floyd. Yeah, I I clipped some of the interview. I thought this was absolutely fantastic, and I. I did something uh, crazy. I basically clipped out the white guy from it. I know it's wild. Um, <laughs> but what you're going to hear is a uh, true 
white supremacist talk about his white supremacy book and how he <laughs> believes in white supremacy. All right. So just keep that in mind. This is a great interview. Everybody should check it out. It was on Bill Maher. He brought him on. Uh, his book sounds fascinating. It is the counter to uh, Imbram X. Kendi and the critical race theory. We need more of this. This is the, Mike, this is what we grew up with, and it was, uh, it's refreshing. Check it out. So racism, as defined by Martin Luther King, the civil rights movement, judging people on the basis of their race rather than their character and so forth, that's not what my book is, is against uh, fighting. Obviously, we should all fight that, no matter who it's directed at. What my book is fighting is this ideology that really was born with critical race theory, the adult version of critical race theory in the 70s and 80s, and became more popular over the past 10 years that equates whiteness with evil, equates blackness with a kind of moral superiority, stereotypes whole groups of people, says that your race is an essential part of who you are, and f feels even that children need to be taught this from as young an age as possible because they're, they're born with, with the wrong attitude about race and it needs to be sort of hammered out of them mm. by separating white kids from black kids, from Hispanic kids, putting them in different corners of the room as I was done in my Columbia University orientation. So racist! Get That's this so racist, racist out of here! Nine <laughs> years ago. And that the way we're going to get to, you know, the, the, the kind of society we want is by focusing more and more on racial identity. In my book, I say this is nonsense. This is totally against the spirit of, of the civil rights movement. And that actually the wise principle is that we should try to treat people without regard to race. So, you know, before... <laughs> Stop right there. Martin Luther King had a dream that we would... Oh, wait a minute. Judge... <laughs> Judged by the character? Nah, that can't be right. No, no, you're supposed to be able to become president of Harvard if you're black lesbian. Yeah, we're supposed to judge you by your skin color <laughs> and then your qualifications. Martin Luther Harvard. King had a dream that someday all black lesbians will take every role in Disney movies. <laughs> and run every Fortune 500 company. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I know about Martin Luther... Loved the lesbians, the black lesbians. <laughs> Big fan of the black lesbians, Martin Luther King. <laughs> oh, man. Someday in the future, every Disney movie will be starring a black lesbian. It's my dream. <laughs> 13, you can just look at polling data from Gallup and Pew. The majority of Americans, black, white, and Hispanic... <laughs> I love how we got to tear down statues of Columbus because he unknowingly spread disease to native people. That's right. That Martin Luther King was. I'm not saying he wasn't a bad. It wasn't a good guy, but I mean, not the best man towards women. Yeah, well, he's got a history, but I mean, <laughs> quite, quite the history with women. I hearken and... back always to the idea that in Martin Luther King, he is on this pedestal with all the other historical figures that I admire, and we all do. But aren't we all fortunate that none of them had Twitter? No, I mean, but to, <laughs> imagine, <laughs> had Twitter, imagine what uh, Martin Luther King said about women if he had Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, he raped more black women than Jefferson. <laughs> 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 Him and Jefferson going to the strip, the same strip club in heaven. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't say it, but uh, someone else on the show did. We'll get it in post. <laughs> God, so good. Uh, all right, so do you want to continue? I find this fascinating. Yeah, this guy is actually, this is a black guy I could listen to. A white supremacist, exactly. He's one of them good ones, you yeah, know? That's right. He, he had to take off his KKK robe just for this interview. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> he's, a good, he's a good old boy. <laughs> majority of Americans, black, white, and Hispanic, believed race relations were good as late as 2013, and that's the year everything takes a nosedive, so that by 2021, half as many people thought we were in a good place as thought that in 2013. So the question is, is what happened? Did racism suddenly spike? Well, no, the, the data's pretty clear on that. Racism didn't spike. What happened is that we all got smartphones and social media and started seeing unrepresentative video clips of mm -hmm. cops uh, you know, harassing or beating or killing black Americans. 
And this gave people the misperception that racism was suddenly this widespread problem, and it touched off all of these trends that we've now heard about for the past eight years under various names, wokeness, CRT, DEI. It's all, it's all fundamentally from that core change in how information has been shared. But there was part of, part of that was good, that we did see the... Uh, here comes middleman. Uh, I love it. Bill Maher, yes. Beatings. The, the savior of the black man, the white Jew. From Hollywood. Let me educate this black guy on true racism in America. <laughs> this, this old white Jew is gonna teach this like young black man what a re what America's really like for black men. Let me correct you, black fella, on the real situation here going on with racism in this country. It's not your fault. Our scientists said your brain is uh, two thirds ours. So, according to Law and Order, it's in your nature to just rape white women. So, um, I'm gonna just educate you here. <laughs> And your laziness is instinctual, so I forgive you for not researching this correctly and fully. That's why we started the show late, just for you. See, uh, well, we yeah. uh... <laughs> you got to sleep in. I figured you'd sleep in. Change in how information has been shared. But there was part of part of that was good. That it's we amazing they see. got you to wear a suit. How do they train? Who trained you to do that? Like, curious. That's so terrible. I, I love this white Jew explaining to this black man about racism in America. So I'm saying this is fabulous. Like, uh, thanks, Bill Maher, for educating us. <laughs> <laughs> educating this black dude who's trying to tell you, like, no, this country's not racist. We're actually very well, we're so much more advanced than other countries. And, you know, a guy like me who's black can really excel. <laughs> Bill Maher, also the only other guy to rape more black women than Jefferson. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. But there was part of part of that was good that we did see these beatings and things go on because that's what changed it. Many people you know think why that's why revealed... Bill Maher does this because he's trying to get in good with the black women. He already is. He, he that's what he does. It's his style. Yeah, but he's hoping one day he won't have to pay him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no black woman is fucking him for free. I don't know. I think I think no. he's a, I think he's a five seven seven, Mike. No, oh Frank, come on! Are you talking about his nose or his dick? Jesus Christ! Both, maybe the like a little nose job. You know what I'm saying? Mm, no, no, no. Trust me, Jews aren't Italians. You know. <laughs> Bill Mars, he's he's in with the black chicks, dude. He is. I mean, he's just kind of always. Uh, you see him pictured with the ladies that are. On that side of the aisle there, so I mean... Yeah, no, but no dick... I mean, there would have been a Drake picture for sure by now if he had a big dick. We'd you know? be hearing about the Bill Maher energy, right? He would have thrown it out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? He pays these black hookers to come and tell him he's got a big dick. He's right. that kind of guy. Well, you know? yeah. He's got the money to do it. He's a libertine. He's got big money energy. Well, I kind of respect that. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. Changed it. Many people think it just revealed all the racism that's actually out there. That, that's not true, because if that were true, people would have an accurate assessment. And this has been tested. When you ask very liberal Americans, how many unarmed black people do you think are shot by the cops every year? The answer they gave in 2019 was 1,000. The real number from that year was 12. So, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, I threw them all in there. I'll even give this one. Yeah. Stop stop assuming it's just this bloodbath with the cops and the black guys. It's so crazy. Thank you. It's it's refreshing finally to have a Here's your science. You guys love science. There it is. All right. There's the Bill science. Bill Maher, you're not going to believe this. The fight between the Texas Rangers and the Indians is over also. <laughs> well, did you see the Redskins supporters are suing Washington to get the Redskins back? Good. It's incredible. Good. I, I didn't yeah. know this. I did a deep dive on it, but allegedly the inspiration for the Redskins mascot is a real Native American who is one of the most celebrated Native Americans. And like, uh, they're very upset that he got stricken away from uh, their the, the, whole thing. The people who wanted him to take it off were white women. It's really outrageous, man. It's people. It's white people like Bill Maher that are trying to like save the world from racism. That were like, we can't have the Redskins. You know, I said it before. You know, now you took a. You know, you're kind of honoring them. Well, that's what it was. Apparently, the fella who was the original Redskin, the 
man who was the mascot and the emblem for the team. He was a uh, he's actually the original, from what I understood, uh, face for the gold uh, coin that we have, and he he's considered one of the most famous Indians uh, or Native Americans in America, and he uh, it, it's like almost considered a um, insult that they took away his emblem and likeness from the team because it was the one celebration of a true Native American. Much like I think of the Blackhawks in Chicago have a similar thing going on where there's a lot of pride having a representation in sports teams of like a native that truly existed. Yeah, who are those uh, in Florida? The Seminoles? Seminoles, yeah, man. That's another one that like kept up. Like they have a relationship with the Seminole people. It's fantastic because then people, yeah. you know what it is? Remembering history, a little remembrance of tradition, man. Oh, like, fuck that! Fuck that tradition, dude. No, no, no. The, you should love it because listen, we didn't pick the fucking ferrets to be our mascots, right? <laughs> we're picking, we're picking the bears, we're picking the lions, we're picking the redskins. You know what I mean? You got tough people. Yes. You know you're badass. Yes. That's why we picked you to be a fucking team. You know we're honoring you, warriors. That's uh, great. You guys fought us, the white man. With no guns. That's crazy. It is crazy to think about having this invading force with this technology you can't even fathom. And you get on your horse with your people and defend your land and charge full on with whatever you have. Oh. Weapons made of the land. And, and, and those people are writing home telling their wives that you wouldn't believe these people. You know what I mean? The greatest war. You know what I mean? The greatest soldiers and stuff. Like, yes. Hey, come on. True warriors that you wouldn't even imagine fighting to the death with tools they made of the land. Oh, man, that just should give you chills, dude, to think Gives about that. Because I don't want to go against the Redskins. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an awesome idea, and um, it's amazing that we're getting pushback on it. The pendulum is swinging, just like with this fella on Bill Maher. Bill Maher, man of the middle. Center, road, fella, having a hard time dealing with this educated black man saying, you know what, your whole woke ideology, it's counter to what I was raised on and what we were all raised on, which is that, you know, to truly be advanced as a society and as a civilization, we must look past things that are superficial like our skin color and what our cultural differences are. We should really be coming together as one people here in America. That's the idea of this experiment, and it's been pretty successful for a couple hundred years, you know? The most successful. Mm. There's no other diverse nation. You know what I mean? Think of all the great things we've created coming together rather than separating. Why would we separate now when we could get back together and create wonderful things that change the world in a positive and and, and great and, and, you know... Incredible way. Like, it, 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 to me, segregation, which is what this woke culture is, is the total opposite of where we are heading and what we were raised on. And it's why we have guys like this black dude who it doesn't even matter that he's black, right? We could just listen to him talk, and you know what? He sounds educated. Sounds like he's knows what he's talking about. Like, that sounds I, better than Bill Maher. I could listen to more of this guy because he's got his head on the right path, man. And like, and take note, Ibram X. Kendi. Has not like look. He's a black man, right? But he's clean cut, right? I know you guys think like, oh, the dreadlocks. We just don't like the dreadlocks because we hate black people. No, it has nothing to do with black. I would also hate a white guy with long hair. Well, and white guy <laughs> you know with I mean? white like guy with dreadlocks, unkempt beard. Always avoid the white guy with the dreadlocks. All right, we all know that. You know, anybody with dreadlocks, <laughs> anybody with like that long hair. You know what I mean? I guess it's coming from a bald guy. Hey, but I- long hair <laughs> just. It really comes off as unserious. Uncapped, you know? unserious, unprofessional. Absolutely, yes. man. Yeah. Doesn't matter what color or race you are, you know? That's the world we live in, and you gotta keep it uh, hip to be square. Yeah.